0: Saved me, saved my soul. The very moment He forgave me, Made me whole. He took away my heavy burdens. Lord, He gave me peace within. Peace within. Well, Satan can't make me doubt it. I won't doubt it. It's real, it. and I'm gonna shout it. I'm gonna
1: shout it. Well, I Hold was on. there. Hold with on.
0: Hold on. I hate to interrupt, but you guys got something else. I'm sorry. I can't market gospel no more. So that's it? I don't record material that doesn't sell. Mr. Cash and gospel like that doesn't sell. So is it the gospel or the way I sing it? Both. Well, what's wrong with the way I sing it? I don't believe you. You're saying I don't believe in God? JR, come on, let's go. No, I won't understand. I mean, we come down here, we play for a minute, and he tells me I don't believe in God. You know exactly what I'm telling you. We've already heard that song a hundred times, just like that, just like how you sang it. Well, he didn't let us bring it home. Bring, Bring it home? All right, let's bring it home. He was hit by a truck and you would lying out in that gutter dying, and you had time to sing one song. Huh? One song people would remember before your dirt. One song that would let God know what you felt about your time here on earth. One song that would sum you up, you telling me that's the song you'd sing. That same Jimmy Davis tune we hear on the radio all day about your peace within and how it's real and how you're going to shout it. Or would you sing something different, something real, something you felt? Because I'm telling you right now, that's the kind of song people want to hear. That's the kind of song that truly saves people.
1: If you was hit by a truck and were laying out in that snow dying... And you had time for just one thing to say. One last thing that people would remember you by. One last thing to express to God what you thought about your time here on earth and what was central and important to you. One thing that would sum you up. What would you say? Let me introduce you to a man named Simeon. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was given the name Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed... Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what was said and what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child, the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required... Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you dismiss your servant now in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles, for glory to your people Israel. Now the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign. He's going to be a sign. A sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts are Revealed, and a sword will pierce your heart too. Let's recap it. Jesus is born in the manger in Bethlehem, and now eight days pass. And Mary and Joseph take him and they travel from this little bedroom community called Bethlehem to go to Jerusalem where the temple is at in order to consecrate Jesus and give him over to the Lord as the law requires. Now it says it's the eighth day, but I encourage you to think about it as the first day. Because according to the law of Moses, when a woman gives birth to a child, She is ceremonially unclean for seven days, and therefore unable to go into the temple. So now on the eighth day, it is the very first moment, the very first day, when she is able to take Jesus and go into this place to dedicate him to God, like the law talks about. And it's while they're there that they meet this man, Simeon. And spirit-filled Simeon proceeds to do what every first-time nervous parent loves strangers to do with their children, right? Scoops them up, grabs a hold of them, lion kings them around, right? Right? And then starts gushing praise to God about him. And then he prays. And he prays. And I don't want you to think about it like this. You know, he gets like on his knees and, you know, does one of these. He, he throws his hands up. He looks up to God. And he starts gushing out the words. And this is what he says. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised You now dismiss your servant in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation. The salvation you prepared in the sight of all people. A light, a light, a revelation for the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. I bet I I read that. You see it up there. And for some of you, it's like, all right, that's kind of weird. And my bet is for a lot of others of you here, it's, hmm, yeah. That's nice. But you know, I I, I bet for most of us here, it kind of feels like that first Johnny Cash song. When Jesus saved me, saved my soul. Right? Flat. Wrote. Dead. Straight up. Does it do anything for you? Yeah, I mean, you ready to start foot stamping of that? I mean, did you hear that? You're like, yeah! You know? I've heard that same old, tired story over and over again, told in the same old way, with the same churchy language. Hmm, that's nice. I agree. Let's go shovel snow. For Simeon, that was real. That was real. It was heartfelt. It came out of his soul. It came out of something deep inside him. This meant something to him and did something inside of him and expressed something deeply. And I want to climb into his mind and kind of get at the why. What is it about his perspective, what he was experiencing, What he was seeing that led him to say something like this as the utmost expression of all that was important to him as his final word. What summed him up, his hopes, his dreams, his view of life and what it's about. Now, my gosh, guys, there is so much that I want to take you through in what Simeon has to say, but for time's sake, we're just going to tease out a little bit at the, at the beginning of what he says, and hopefully in the process, maybe just wet your appetite a little bit for what was churning deep inside of him. Now, I read that line, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. I mean, straight up, does it feel kind of like lullaby-ish? You know, a little bit, now I lay me down to sleep. You know, isn't that cute? And let's like kind of say it to our five-year-olds while we tuck them in at night. See, for Simeon, it was something different. For Simeon, this was something primal. And it captured a different tack that sometimes the phrasing in our translations... Will miss. I want to walk you through this passage a little bit and suggest to you some different ways of translating what Simeon actually said. And maybe through that journey, see with different eyes what he was proclaiming that day. The first one I want to start with is this Do you see the word servant there? Now, I hear servant. And I think of like, you know, I think of Jeeves. How about you? You know, you got the guy in the talks, maybe he's carrying the tray or something like that, and he's here to kind of like attend to you in very stately ways. It's like Alfred and Batman start flashing into my mind, this, this trusted old stately one that, that, that's there to kind of guide me and help me, right? Like, like, like the servant who's there to help me. But you know, The word that underlies this word that gets translated servant is doulos. Now, you don't care about that, but here's why it's important. Because oftentimes, in fact, majority of times, if you look at Greco-Roman literature, it gets translated this way. Slave. Tell me, what does that do to the meaning here? If we change it from you now dismiss your servant in peace to you now dismiss your slave in peace. Peace. There's another word I want to show you. And it's up top. Sovereign Lord. Okay, like when when you pray, do you find you kind of have like these these certain like names that you, you tend to call God by more than others? God has a lot of names and a lot of descriptors in the Bible. But do you kind of got like a favorite three? Like dear God, heavenly Father, Curious, does Lord rank up there high for you? It's kind of like for a lot of us, I think, God's name, right? Lord. Hey, I call you Lord. And if I add sovereign, it's kind of getting like respectable about it. Instead of saying like Mr. Lord, you know, it's sovereign Lord. But it's fascinating that the word that's translated Lord there isn't the typical word for Lord in the Greek text. The word that you usually say is pronounced like this, Kyrios. And for those of you who who are into classical music or who have come from a liturgical background, you may remember things like the Kyrie or the Kyrie eleison. If you've heard of that, it's the word Kyrios. And what is it? Just saying Lord, 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 like 18 times in a song. But the word there ain't Kyrios. Let me give it to you in Greek, and you try to tell me what English weird word you hear. Ready? Despotes. What are you hearing in that? Despot. Now, we did this with the staff on Wednesday, and 40% of our staff didn't know what the word despot meant. So, I'm going to assume they're representative of us here Today, dictionary.com at sometime throughout the day. But a despot is someone with complete control, unilaterally making decisions, overall and in complete possession. An English word today that might sub in is something like dictator or maybe master. Tell me what translating this a little bit different way does to what Simeon has to say. Master, as you have promised, you now dismiss your slave in peace. Because Simeon really had no problem with seeing God as a master. As seeing God as one in sovereign control. That even though everything day to day might not go his way, that it's his place, his plan, his rule, owner and ruler of everything. And Simeon had no problem seeing himself as that master slave, his property, his possession belonging to him. And there's one more word that I want to tease out for you today, and it's that word that you see, dismiss. It kind of feels so like you're dismissed, right? Like you could almost see Jeeves going up Right? Right? To the guy going, excuse me, sir, but will there be anything more you need for the evening before I retire? Right? I mean, doesn't, doesn't like dismiss, kind of conjure these types of ideas? But the word underneath that, apaluo you don't care about that, but let me tell you other ways that you see it translated and what it means. Words like set free. Released. Tell me if we change that what it does to what Simeon has to say, Master, as you have promised. You're not set free. You're slave in peace. The former way feels so much, doesn't it? Like the butler being able to go to bed for the night. But the latter, can you hear it? Can you hear the cry of freedom? Can you hear the cathartic relief? Can you hear the finally? It's here. I'm free. God, the one who liberates slaves, God who set the people of Israel from Egypt, I'm free. God has come and delivered me. Now, You you might be sitting here going like, what does this have to do with me? I'm not a slave. You know what? Neither was Simeon. But see, unless you view the essence of your life as one of slavery, one of hopelessness, of bondage, for which you need a liberator or or even if you get it you know conceptually and you go kind of I agree with that but but you don't really feel it day to day you know it isn't reality for you it isn't something you experience or or if you see your relationship with god is one of voluntary service how kind of you or worse god as being in service to you then the song's never going to mean anything. Reading this, anything I got to say, it's never going to carry any weight. It's going to sound like that same tired old Jimmy Davis tune about the sweet by and by. But if you do see your life. The essence of it is one of slavery. As one of hopelessness. As one in dire need of a rescuer and liberator. One of slavery to ah, the corruption of this world. One of slavery to the corruption of me, to myself the corruption of my heart, the corruption of my mind, the corruption of who I am. If you see your life as one enslaved to the forces of evil in this world, then suddenly these five little lines start becoming the most real, heartfelt, sweetest thing of all and Here's Simeon, who knew that reality about himself, spent a life in this idea of slavery, waiting for God's redemption and release. And then he sees his hope, he sees his liberator, he sees Jesus. It's everything. Master, just like you promised, you set me free. You set me free in peace. I've seen it. It's here before my eyes. My eyes have seen salvation that you've prepared for all people, and it's a light and a revelation to those who don't even know they're in darkness. And it's going to be the glory for those who know they are. For Simeon, seeing Jesus, it was everything. It was everything. So let me circle back to the question. If you was hit by a truck and laying out in that snow, dying. And you had time for just one more thing to say, one thing to pray, one thing to shout up to God saying, this is what's important to me. This is my response to my time here on earth and what you've done for me. One thing that would be written on your tombstone, one thing that would sum you up and that people would remember you by. What would it be? Let me submit to you, there's a lot worse things you can say than this. And for centuries... People who have seen in Jesus nothing short of salvation and liberation and freedom have been gathering around these words of a prophet from days long past, singing it as their heart cry, too. Sing it in their times of endurance, their times of slavery. Codifying and liturgicizing and doing all kinds of things. Those of you who come from liturgical backgrounds, you might, not, you might even recognize it. It was called the Nunc Dimittis. Unfortunately, offered up so many times as another stale, flat rote prayer, but not by intention. The heart cry of a people enslaved saying, In Jesus, I am free. And that's what Simeon sang that day. This was his last will and testament. Because for him, Jesus was everything. Lord, Master, as you have promised. I've set free you. Now set free your slave in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you, God, have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. The band's going to come forward. And as they do, I want to invite you to rise. I want to show you. I want to show you the words to a carol. That they're going to lead us in today with all the jubilance and joy that banjos and bass and fiddles can muster. All right? Amy, give me the words. God rest, ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Now, I I know you don't think about yourself this way, or certainly the person you're standing next to, but you're the gentleman in this equation. May God bring you rest. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ, our Savior, was born on Christmas Day to save us, rescue us from Satan's power when we were gone astray. O oh, tidings of what? Comfort and joy of what? Comfort and joy. Did you miss it? That's why I sing it again in the song, Oh, Tidings of Comfort and Joy. Is it another flat song? Or is it a cry of your heart? What makes all the difference in answering that is how you see yourself and how you see Jesus here today. I want to invite you. Spend a few minutes, if you want. Come to God with your slavery here this morning the things that got a stranglehold on you, things inside of you, things around you, things in the cosmos itself. Bring them to God. Cry out for his freedom. See him a savior today. Let's pray. Rescue us, God. God, redeem us, free us, save us. Shine your light, make known your revelation. Lead our hearts to see in you absolute freedom and salvation from the sin and corruption and death and hurt and evil and suffering of this fallen world of our fallen selves in you god may we find deliverance today here our confession here are here here our hearts here our sins here they are god And everyone, I just invite you to pray this along with me today. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment, but for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name.